like and subscribe to our pages to receive all notifications. You are blessed. Just told us the word is a seed. Did he say it's a seed? So it says the sower went to sow the seed. That seed is the word of God. But when you put a seed on the table, would it germinate and produce results? No. Come on. Putting your seed on the table is likened to putting your Bible on the table and saying it to work because God has said it. So when a farmer takes a seed and puts it on his table and says, by, I'm expecting a harvest in three months' time, will there be a harvest? Come on. But does it mean the seed does not have power? Does it mean the seed does not have power? Does it mean that the seed does not have the fruit within it? Does it mean that the seed cannot germinate and produce? It can. But you see, the germination of the seed is dependent on the soil. The what? The germination of the seed is dependent on the soil. The the on the soil. Yeah, yeah. So when in the conditions, yeah, yeah. so when the seed is planted on the table, it will not work. No. When the seed is thrown on the floor, it will not work. But it is a seed. The seed is expecting good conditions. Without the good conditions, that seed will be a useless seed. Even though that seed has within it what it takes to germinate and produce fruit. Come on, is that true or false? Amen. That's why I say the word of God that you do not hear, you do not know, you do not believe, cannot benefit you. Watch Pastor Prince on YouTube, High Swell Television. Also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The World Changes Nation. Like and subscribe to our pages to receive all notifications. You are blessed. Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. Be doers of the word. So, the Christian is a doer of the word. The Christian is a word practitioner. The Christian is an actor of the word. We, we live by acting on the word. We see changes by acting on the word. We see victories by acting on the word. When you put the word of God to work, you will see results. But you see, you cannot put the word of God that you don't know to work. So when you are faced with challenges, what will you put to work? Will you cry on God or you put his word to work? The word of God is equal with God. Understand that. The word of God is equal. So when you have the word of God and you are putting it to work, it means that you are putting God to work. You are activating the power of God. You are activating the operations of God. When you put the word of God to work, you are putting God to work. Watch Pastor Prince on YouTube. High Swell Television. Also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The World Changes Nation. Like and subscribe to our pages to receive all notifications. You are blessed. Just told us the word is a seed. Did he say it's a seed? So it says the sower went to sow the seed. That seed is the word of God. But when you put a seed on the table, would it germinate and produce results? No. Come on. Putting your seed on the table is likened to putting your Bible on the table and saying it to work because God has said it. So when a farmer takes a seed and puts it on his table and says, By, I'm expecting a harvest in three months' time, will there be a harvest? Come on. 
But does it mean the seed does not have power? Does it mean the seed does not have power? Does it mean that the seed does not have the fruit within it? Does it mean that the seed cannot germinate and produce? It can. But you see, the germination of the seed is dependent on the soil. The what? The germination of the seed is dependent on the soil. So when in the conditions, so when the seed is planted on the table, it will not work. When the seed is thrown on the floor, it will not work. But it is a seed. The seed is expecting good conditions. Without the good conditions, that seed will be a useless seed. Even though that seed has within it what it takes to germinate and produce fruit. Come on, is that true or false? Amen. That's what I say, the word of God that you do not hear, you do not know, you do not believe, cannot benefit you. Watch Pastor Prince on YouTube, High School Television. Also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The World Changes Nation. Like and subscribe to our pages to receive all notifications. You are blessed. share the link, invite someone who will be taking you through the word of God and would want each one of you to share the link and then follow us live, don't miss out on the truths that we are going to be sharing and we believe that your life will never remain the same again, you hear things that will touch your life and touch your theology and change your life and cause you to live the Christian life our major interest is to get each one of us to live the Christian life. If you are there, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Is that not powerful? It's powerful. It's powerful. Today, I am on set here with executives from the ladies on the front line. And with me today from my left my immediate left is Sister Jemima Jan Baby. She's here with us. And we also have on my immediate right Sister Phyllis Owusu Achao. Hallelujah. And then we have on my far left Sister Stephanie Stevens is also with us. And my far right also, we have Sister Alfreda Amankwa. Shout glory. glory. I want to welcome all of you today.
on set. Amen. Amen. God bless you for joining us. They are going to be sharing with us certain truths that I know that I know that your life will never remain the same again. They are going to be hearing things. And please do well. Invite somebody. Invite your friends. Share the page right now. Share the link with someone. Let them join us now. And I know by the time we end this meeting, this remathon, your life would have changed, transformed perpetually. Come on, shout glory. Glory. And so, without wasting much time, we're going to be talking, first of all, about some of the things that we've been teaching throughout this year. This year, by the special grace of God, the Spirit of God led us to declare this year as the year of ever-increasing grace. That is a prophetic word for the year. And the scriptures tell us that once the prophetic word comes, we should run throughout the year with the prophetic word. So you are not letting it slip. You are not letting it pass by. We are running with it. Amen. And today we are going to be discussing what this ever-increasing grace is all about. What is grace? What is ever-increasing grace? What does that mean? You know... And what do the scriptures say concerning that? And what is the profiting we even get from this understanding? No, the word of God tells us, or enlightens us, and tells us the outcome of that. The word of God shows us a lot of things, reveals to us about Christ, about God, about ourselves. And not only that, it also tells us what we ought to do when we know it. It also tells us the outcome when we know and we do it. So, it's so important that at this particular time, we come to understand what some of these things are. When we say grace, what does it mean? When we say ever-increasing grace, what does it mean? All these are things that as Christians, we ought to know. And we ought to know how to appropriate some of these things in our lives. So that our lives will move from one level of glory to another level of glory. So that we can experience Ever increasing grace in our lives. Come on, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. And it's so, it's so important, so, so vital at this particular time. So, without wasting much time, well, first of all, come on, shout hallelujah. 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 First of all, we will talk to Sister Jemima. Amen. And let her tell us briefly what this new year is all about. The theme for the year, the prophetic word for the year. During the New Year Eve service, we declared this year as our year of ever-increasing grace. And the message of grace was introduced. The year is a year of grace. The year is a year of ever-increasing grace. Is that true? Yes, sir. So... We wanted to tell us briefly, Sir Jemima, what all of these things is all about. You see, the year, year of ever-increasing grace. What does it mean to the ordinary person who is watching us, or the Christian who goes to church yet doesn't really understand what all of this is all about? Can you just tell us briefly what this whole theme of the year... Today we talk about 2022, we are talking about 2022 as a year of ever-increasing grace. That is our year. So what is happening in the year, ever-increasing grace? Is that not true? Yeah. So what is that? What is it about? Can you please? Thank you so us? much, Papa, for yes. this opportunity to be on set with you today. I also like to 
thank you for teaching us the word of God Hallelujah. and also pushing us to learn the word of God. Hallelujah. It is as a result of that that we are here on set with you today. And we don't Hallelujah. take that lightly at all. Glory! Amen. Okay, so on the 31st Eve service, Papa, a, a man of God, introduced um, a, a theme for the year. That is working in ever increasing grace. Yes. And before a man of God uh, introduced uh, the thing for the year, he says something. He said, the, 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 the years and the months and the days ahead of us is full of darkness. Yeah. And the only way you can uh, sustain, you can sustain in this era, yeah. is to be under the grace of God. Yeah. And then he also went on to um, give us the importance of. Um, uh, being regulated by the word of God yes. and we all know if you don't know the word of God it is to your own uh, disadvantage yes. so you have to know the word of God what the word of God says about you what, what you are in Christ yes. hallelujah. hallelujah and the Papa made one um, one striking statement he said if we don't have to this is not the time for us to play church we have yes. to play church yes. and what, what did pastor mean by that what he meant was that when we are in church yes. any instructions that we are given yes. whatever uh, Papa gives us Whatever weather comes, we have to take hold of it, partake of it, and then we are obviously going to come out, come back with a testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord. And then he, he, he made another statement by saying that we, we, we don't give or pray because of our circumstances. Yeah. As a Christian, you are not supposed to be told or you are not supposed to even be forced to pray. Yeah. If you know what you are in Christ and you know what uh, the principles are, um, um, about giving in the word is saying, yeah. you really have to wait. To, to, to be told to give yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah Yes And then he went on again To tell us that yes. Some people have the mentality That it is the rich That gives Which is Which is he, Papa, Papa, Papa specifically it, He said it is demonic yes. To say that It is an error yes. How can he say that It is the rich That, that can give yes. What about those Who are now coming In, in, in the church yes. The word of God says that in, in, in the word of God we have principles of giving. Yeah. It is the principles of giving that you have to go by to be able to also become rich. Yeah. So if you don't, if you are not rich, let's just take it that you are not rich in the church yeah. and you now you don't give. Yeah. What is going to take you there? Yeah. It is by the, it is by the word of God. Yeah. So if you know that this is what the word of God is saying about giving yeah. and I have to give it because these are the principles about giving in the Bible if you know obviously you are going to give yeah. hallelujah yeah. and then we read uh, 2 Peter yeah. chapter 3 verse 8 and I want to read 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 8 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 18 Hallelujah. No way. Okay. Second Peter chapter three verse eighteen. Okay, I read. But go in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Papa went on to he went further to teach us that it is God's desire for us to grow in grace. Yeah. And in then in this context, what God is trying to say is that growing in grace means he wants us to increase. Yeah. And what do we do to increase in grace? Yeah. We have to we have to know what, what the word is saying about grace. Yeah. 
So he went on to explain what grace is for us, and then he said, Grace is the outworkings of God according to his divine purpose, based on his counsel of his will. Hallelujah. And then he went on again to explain what outworkings are. And then he said, Outworkings is God within us, working mightily according to his purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you have this consciousness that God is in me and is working mightily in me, there is nothing you cannot do. Especially in this year that we are working, we are supposed to work in ever increasing grace. There is nothing that is going to stop you. You have this consciousness. That I have God in me, working mightily in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Papa said, when you are not experiencing the uh, grace of God or in the dimension of your life, it means that the grace of God on your life is not enough. And what are you supposed to do that? What are you supposed to keep that? If you know that, um, let's take it that in your life, you need a, a job. Yeah. You've, been, you've been praying, you've been doing all, all sorts of things, but the job is not coming. Yeah. It means that the grace of God working on you is not enough. Not enough yeah. So how do you do that? You have to do that by taking instructions. Yeah. By knowing what the, what, what, what the word of God says about that. Yeah. Because if you don't know, you would, God, knowledge is power. If you don't yeah. know, you can't act on it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hmm. And then he went on to say that when there, when there is increased grace on your life, obviously, automatically, you begin to, you know, accomplish supernatural, yeah. uh, you know, manifestations and all of that. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in this year of ever-increasing grace, what... God wants that. God, God, God wants from us. What Papa taught us is to align ourselves. Align ourselves. Yeah. Know in the Word of God what God wants us to do. Yeah. Know what is know what grace is, and then what is in you, what what in you, what's working in you. Because yeah. if you don't have knowledge about all of this, trust me, you are going to keep saying, "I'm working in ever increasing grace." So the end of the year, and nothing is going to happen in your life. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. yeah, and so lastly, I want I want to I want to um, end this by saying that in this year of ever increasing grace, yeah. we have to focus our attention on on what the Holy Spirit can do in us. Yeah. Because with the knowledge, with the consciousness that God is in us and then He's working mightily in us, yeah. the only thing we are supposed to do is be focused yeah. and then keep our attention, our focus on God, and then attention the ability of the Holy Spirit in, and what yeah. He can do in us. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Papa. Glory. Wow. Is that not awesome? Yeah. And that's powerful. So what Stadium is telling us is that the beginning of the year we declare the year to be an ever increasing grace year. So each day is an ever increasing grace day. Each hour is an ever increasing what hour. Is that true? Grace yeah. hour. And we actually took our time to define what it means when we say ever increasing grace. See what does it mean? That's what she was saying. That we said ever increasing grace is what the outworkings of God according to his, 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 his based on his counsel, based on his purpose, see, according to his after his counsel, is ever increasing outworkings of God. When the 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 manifestations and the ministrations of God in our lives increase so that you cannot use twenty twenty one's grace to do great things in 2022 
you need an increased grace. Is that not true? And the scriptures show us how to increase in grace. But before we go there, we would also, I also want, as Sir Phyllis, also a chance to take us through after the 31st, when we declared the New Year Eve service, after we declared the year to be the year of ever increasing grace, we went on to share on the grace of God. Amen. And we shared on the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we also shared on the spirit of grace. And we also shared on growing in grace. So we, what is very important as a Christian is the operations of God in your life. See, the, the workings of God. What the scripture says is called, called the workings of God in your life. And we say it's an outworking because God is not working in your life from heaven. It's working in your life from within your spirit. So we're not talking about the ever-increasing grace. We're talking about the ever-increasing outworkings of the Spirit of God. Ever-increasing outworkings of God. When there's ever-increasing ministrations of God through you, the producing productivity, producing a greater resource, producing an increasing resource, where you used to be little at a particular time, and there is an a special workings of the Spirit in your life that increases you, that moves you from one level to another level, that causes you to grow in an increased level. You see, you see increased level. You are not just static. You are not just stagnant. When grace is working, it means the Spirit of God is working. When grace is at work, there is an outworking of God producing all kinds of results according to His counsel. And that is so important. So when we talk about the grace of God as the outworkings of God according to His purpose and based on the counsel of His will, His outworkings according to His purpose. The church is His purpose. And it is based on the counsel of His will. When we talk about the counsel of His will, we are talking about how God makes His own decisions in accomplishing what He wants to accomplish. And that is so powerful in our lives. You see, that is so powerful. Thank you very much, Sister Jemima, for such elaboration. Is that not powerful? It's powerful so, Sir Philip, to take us through briefly also on the grace of God. What does it mean when we talk about the grace of God? And you see, when you read the scriptures, the scriptures mention the grace of God. The scriptures mention the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The scriptures mention the spirit of grace. The scriptures mention how to grow in grace. And all, all, and all that. And it's very really important that we take our time to delve into these things, these truths. As the spirit leads and guides us into truths. Is that not awesome? awesome. So, Mr. Phyllis, please talk to our viewers. And talk to each, uh, all of us, all of us watching us watching what the grace of God entails, what the grace of God is all about. It's so important. Glory. 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 First of all, Papa, we'd like to thank you. Yes. Personally, like to thank you for the opportunity to be on set with Hallelujah. us. Hallelujah. And to share in this studio moment in yes. propagating the gospel, this key message about grace yes. that you have 
outlined to us yes. so well yeah. during these last few weeks so that we can be walking in knowledge and yeah. revelation of yeah. that grace to see the outworking. So Hallelujah. thank you so much, Papa. Hallelujah. We are very grateful. Hallelujah. Uh, to our viewers, um, one of the first messages Papa talked to us about was the grace of God. Hallelujah. And just before he went into the... Um, the, the preaching about the grace of God. You know, he was telling us how Christians have become so uh, mundane, yeah. saying things we don't, we are not very sure about, saying things without meaning and revelation. Yeah. And he was telling us that in this year of 2022, we must make changes to see changes. Yeah. And so every year we are given a new theme, we are given a new word, but Catching the revelation behind that word yeah. is so key for walking in it and seeing the manifestation. Yeah. And I remember one key statement, Papa, you made was that what we need in this new year is yeah. not money. Yeah. Because I'm sure of all of us sitting in the auditorium that yeah. day, everybody's looking for one breakthrough or oh, another. Yeah, yeah. But you made it clear to us that increased grace has the ability to cause things to happen. Yeah. It has this super ability yeah. through the spirit to cause outworkings that yeah. transcend our abilities, that transcend the resources that we have. So yeah. if there's anything that we should take seriously, yeah. it is our knowledge of the grace and working in that grace. Yeah. And Papa, like you have said, and as Sister Jemima said, I'll just reiterate again for our viewers. Yeah. You define the grace of God as the outworkings of God yeah. according to his divine purpose yeah. based on election yeah. after the counsel of yes. his will. And Papa, one key um, explanation you gave to us was the difference between salvation and redemption. Yeah. And, and for me, even when you gave that explanation, I was so surprised because yeah. I've been born again for so long. Yeah. But honestly, if somebody said, define what your salvation means and yeah. define what redemption means, up until then, I think I would have fumbled a bit. Yes. But you made it very clear that redemption is about Jesus dying for the sin of the world. Yeah. Bearing our sinful nature and all its consequences. Yeah. But salvation is Jesus through his resurrection creating a whole new breed of people. Yeah. And when I say I have salvation, what it means is that I'm identifying with the Lordship of Jesus yeah. through his resurrection. Yeah. And, and, and Papa, going back to one of your opening statements about the grace of God. You said the grace of God is God's eternal purpose. Yeah. And that eternal purpose is the creation of the new man, the creation yeah. of the Christian. And a lot of the times, we think that oh, once I've given my life to Christ, you made it clear that it is not us giving our lives to Christ, but Christ coming to indwell us and making his home in us, giving us his abilities and, and working through us through the Spirit. And Papa, I think another thing that you made that was so key yeah. was that contrary to popular belief that, you know, grace is an unmerited favor yeah. or grace is something that we are so privileged to receive in this somewhat humble way. Yeah, yeah. As we have been made to think, grace is not that. But actually, the outworkings of God, His ministrations, what He produces out of our lives yeah. through the ministry of the Spirit. Yeah. So, Papa, I think that's the submission I have for the grace of God. Thank yes. you. Hallelujah. Is that not powerful? It's powerful. 
It's so powerful. It's so powerful. So we talked about the grace of God. Thank you very much, Mr. Phil. So powerful. So powerful. We talked about the grace of God. And we started by introducing, like she said, the difference between redemption and salvation. And also, let us know that grace is a result of the predestined will of God. Grace is a result of the predestined purpose of God. Grace is a result of the eternal purpose of God. And grace is not an afterthought, you know. And many people think that grace is such that uh, it's a cover-up. You see, sin came and the grace of God also came to deal with sin and to cover up for sin so that we are unable to do things but by His grace. We are just there. We are who we are by His grace. Even though we are still unable to live right and unable to live the Christian life, but God, God's grace is, the, is that which is keeping us. And people think grace is a cover-up, sort of cover-up for sin and cover-up for weaknesses and, and all that. That's what many Christians think. And many also think that grace is an unmerited favor, like she said, that we... Do not something we do not deserve that has been given to us. That's what many think, or something that we do not deserve that that God has given to us. So we say that oh, all that we do is by grace. We are not deserving of it. It's not by our works. It's not by us. It's all about God, and we don't deserve it. So that is how many Christians think when it comes to grace. But we said that grace is different. The grace we are teaching is a grace that points us back to before the world began. Before sin came into the world. Before the first one was created, God had an eternal purpose which is revealed in the epistles. And grace was God's means of outworking, bringing out that purpose, carrying out that purpose on this earth. And it's so important because it takes us back to God's hidden plan, God's hidden purpose, God's, God's hidden agenda, before the foundation of the world. That's what we refer to as God's, God's predestined purpose, or God's eternal purpose. So before He created the world, He had a purpose within Himself. And the scripture says that it was hidden within Himself. And no one knew about this purpose apart from God alone. So grace is God working out this purpose, the grace of God, is God working out this purpose. So, the point is, when we talk about the grace of God, we are looking at God's role in this eternal purpose. When we talk about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are talking about Christ's role in accomplishing this eternal purpose. When we talk about the spirit of grace, we are talking about the spirit's role in accomplishing and even still carrying out this eternal purpose. That's just all that there is. And we said that the grace of God is God's, uh, the, the outworkings of God according to His own eternal purpose or own predestined purpose based on the counsel of His will. I think one of the things that every Christian must know is that everything we see within the church, and we go into that, was pre-planned even before the world began. The church, the coming of Christ, and the establishment of the church of Jesus Christ were all pre-planned. They were all hidden plans of God in Him. 
Even before he started creating man. Before he started shouting, let there be. And all that. He had Christ, the purpose of Christ, or the person of Christ within him, yet to be birthed out. He had the church of Christ within him, yet to be birthed out. And that is all that we are talking about when it comes to the grace of God. And we will be going so much into it. Glory. Glory. And without wasting much time, without wasting much time, and we will also be hearing about the growing in grace. We just spoke about growing in grace. And as Sister Steph is here, she's going to take us through what we shared briefly on growing in grace. Amen. Thank you, Papa, very much for yes. the opportunity to come on today. Yes. Um, and thank you for making time to always teach us the word. Hallelujah. To actually learn to see yourself. Yes. I think I've been particularly blessed with the grace message because of the times that we find ourselves in. I yeah. think it's very important. God bless you, sir. Thank you, Shada Bush. Um, from learning from grace, mm-hmm. uh, Papa introduced the topic by talking about a response to the word of God. Yes. He said this is a very critical step because as Christians, we are not dormant. It's mm-hmm. a walk in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Even when you hear the word, your response to the minister is very critical. Even your response to the Holy Spirit because you can miss certain timings and seasons because because we have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But it's up to you to build that relationship. Yeah. The Holy Spirit can just be dormant and you just be going about your daily lives or daily activities. So we should be sensitive and make sure that we are working in the close relationship with Him. Amen. Amen. Okay, so from that, we zoomed into growing in grace. Um, as we all know, whenever you start from a level, growth comes with an increase or an upward adjustment in something. Mm. And grace comes, no, growth comes in levels. And as a Christian, we've been saying that, oh, I'm working in grace, I'm working in grace. I think Sister Jen mentioned that. You can just be saying the same, and you'll be the same from January to December. Mm-hmm. But as you go month on month, week on week, you are supposed to see growth. If it's your prayer, am I praying? How many times am I praying? Can I pray at dawn? Every month you should see a progress in whatever you are doing. And then we went on to talk about having the, the spirit ability. Mm-hmm. We spoke about that the spirit is there to work for us. Mm-hmm. But you have to work at it to see the kind of progress that you want to see. Mm-hmm. So we spoke about the inner workings and the outer workings. And you have to see growth in both of that. So the inner workings for me personally is maybe about the spirit prompting me in certain areas. It's maybe needing strength when I'm down, needing yeah. comfort. That is not really visible, but it happens in your inner self. And Papa also spoke about the outer workings, where it's visible to every now, everyone around. He, he, I think he gave an example where, for the outer workings, like his grace in teaching. Like he's moved from a certain level to another level. I think he spoke about his prophecy here. Mm-hmm. That at first you have to make room to go and sleep and mm-hmm. have a dream mm-hmm. to 
professor, but now he can measure that he rattles the process. So he can see a measurement in that group. So we also spoke about that you can, as a Christian, you have a certain level of grace, but you have to build it. Yeah. If you don't build it, you are only going to be stagnant and experience basic level of grace. Maybe there's a point where you keep praying about certain things over and over and over again. But once you increase in grace, there are some things that you don't even pray for because of the knowledge you come to understand. Amen. Amen. Uh, and he said there are also certain levels of grace that um, you get to a point where you are so sure that even if it looks like it's not going to happen, you are so sure, irrespective of your circumstances. I think Papa also mentioned that He's had encounters where he's seen things, even on walls. Yeah. It doesn't look possible. Maybe everyone is saying, oh, we can't do this and we can't do this. But he's going to that level of grace that he's so sure that nothing moves him. Yeah. And once he sets his mind to it, it actually happens. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, and he gave various examples where you can see increasing grace. And he said that increasing grace is for everyone. You can't say that it's just Papa that. He's the minister, so that's what he's talking about. That it's been made available to everyone. We see that in Second Peter three eighteen. Yeah. It says that, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It doesn't put it to a group of people that, but evangelists grow in grace. It says grow in grace. That means it's you and I. We are supposed to grow in grace. Amen. Amen. And he said that. As you increase in grace, your level of productivity increases. Because growth comes with growth on both sides. So you can't increase in grace and be lacking or be still on the same level. So coming from that, we've had all this. So how do we increase in grace? So for the part one, we spoke about humility. I think for humility, when we hear humility, the thing we think about most is the opposite of pride. But it's actually deeper than that. In humility, in this sense, if we want to be humble to experience grace, the key word is to be submissive. I think Papa mentioned that you can't um, be... You can't say you are humble and not submit. Yeah. You can't be selective about what you are submissive about because it looks like we become, we can't even tell if we are Christians or not. We become worldly. We choose what suits us and we take out what works and what doesn't work. But being submissive, it means being submissive to God's word, to his will, to his leadings. Anything that God says, you should be able, you should be able to do it. And once you do that, you are going to see the grace that is required. And we spoke that um, once you are submissive, you are a friend of God. We see that in James 4 verse 4, where it talks about being friends of God and being um, enemies of God. And I think Papa mentioned something that was the key to me, that you can... You think that, oh, God said I should do this today. I decided not to do it. You keep giving excuses, excuses and excuses. I even think in a normal relationship, if you are with someone who's already always giving excuses, you can just decide to write the person off. Mm. So there are times that we can actually quench 
the Holy Spirit leading in our lives. Like to come to a point where you be left on your own because of your constant disobedience. So I think my takeaway from this is that if I say I'm I'm being humble, it's not just the absence of pride because God even resists the proud. It's key that I submit holistically. I don't choose what works for me and what doesn't work for me. So once you do that, you will see. And another key thing too was submission to authority. Even our leaders in um, church. Yeah, it's not only about maybe you see Papa, it's even up to your department level. Yeah. Like your attitude, even towards the little things. Yeah. Like what is your attitude towards that? Maybe you may think that it's not Papa. Or you know maybe Pastor Offer that is talking to me, but even your leader, you can't just ravage the person yeah. because the person is a representation of Papa at that level. Yeah. yeah. So you can't say I respect Papa and disrespect my leader. It doesn't work like that. It's a holistic thing. And we also spoke um, about God entrusting you to even different certain levels that maybe there are pledges or something you come and you don't want to submit for this one but you want to tell God that oh if I get a bigger thing you are having even submitted in only that little but you want God to entrust you with $10,000 so that you give a tithe of $1,000 it doesn't work like that so if as much as we want to see results we also have to do our part Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Is that not powerful? That's awesome. Sister Frida, what would you also tell us about the grace, about growing in grace? Thank you very much, Sister Steph, for such exposition. It's, it's so powerful. It's so powerful and growing in grace. She said, all oh, right. Yeah. So, Sister Frida, what would you also want to contribute to add up to what she said on the growing in grace? So, first of all, I would like to say a very big thank you to Papa for the privilege to be on set with you, sir. Yeah. And thank you so much for bringing us up in the things of God. Hallelujah. And God bless you. We love you so much. Yeah, we love you. I love you too. all. love you all. Okay, so, um, step by step, I But Papa also talked about us growing in grace. He said that the more you grow in grace, yeah. the, sorry, the more you grow in the knowledge of our Lord and then God, our Lord Jesus Christ and God, the more grace is more. Yeah. Papa said that um, there's a correlation between, or a connection between knowledge and grace. Yeah. And he gave an instance. He said, for instance, if you are given a laptop mm. and a manual, mm. the laptop is the item, and you are given a laptop and a manual, and the only thing you know how to use the laptop to do is to maybe t- type. Mm. And then, but as you keep on reading the manual, mm. you get to know that it's not only typing you can use the um, laptop for. Mm. You can also use it for other things like maybe browsing mm. and other things. Mm. It's the same way with the Word of God. God expects that we increase in the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And the more, in this in this wise, the knowledge of God is the word of God. Yeah. It's the word of God that we have to know. And he expects that yeah. we grow in his word. Yeah. 
and also Papa talked about the dispensation of grace and yeah. the dispensation of the law. Yeah. And he taught us that now we are in the dispensation of grace. Yeah. And this dispensation was predetermined in God yeah. before the foundation of, of the, the world. world. Yeah. And this has been fulfilled now through Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, how do we walk in? How do we know what God has done for us so we can walk in it? If we don't grow in grace, yeah. if we don't grow in the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, Papa, it is very necessary for us to live the kind of life that God wants us to live yeah. as Christians. We must grow in the knowledge of, our, of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. So that in doing that, we will be able to live a productive life. Yeah. And also, Papa talked about um, the fact that um, when Paul said now this is the time of um, salvation, yeah. now this is the day of salvation, yeah. there was a day where it wasn't the day of salvation yeah. that was the dispensation of the law yeah. but now we are in the day of salvation yeah. and this and we are in the day of salvation and so we must know what it means we must know what Christ did for us we must know what he did. It is doing. He's doing for us now what he's, he did through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And how do we know all of these things if we don't study the word mm-hmm. and then grow? So we are expected as Christians mm-hmm. to study the word so that grace is multiplied unto us, mm-hmm. and then we see the mighty move of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in our lives. That's the outworkings of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in our lives. So, Papa, that's the little I'd like to add. To wow! 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 Wow, glory! Is that not awesome? So it's good. Uh, Growing in grace is so important, like they said. And it's so necessary that every Christian decides to grow in grace. And as Sister Steph mentioned, but growing in grace through humility. The scriptures talk about growing in grace through humility. And... Uh, Sister Afrida too has spoken about through knowledge. So the first one is through humility. The second one is through knowledge. Hallelujah. Now, Sister Jem, we also spoke about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can you just take us through briefly what you want our viewers to hear? Something about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is it about? What What is that? When we say the scriptures say the grace of our Lord Jesus, what is he talking about? See, it's so important. Yeah. Thank you so much, yeah. Pastor. Okay, so before you went into the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, yeah. you spoke about the importance of works in our lives. And then as Christians, one of the important things that we must give a keen attention to yeah. is our words. Yeah. Because our words are expressions of who we are in God yeah. and also as an expression of God's word to yes. us. Yes. But you went on to say that when we, beca- when we become born again, uh, born again yeah. the first thing we are supposed to do is to create our environment, yes. to release words into our environment. Yeah. You know, before you, you receive Christ, if you were in an environment that didn't um, understand what grace was, yeah. in this era that you, you, you've come into, you have to release words, you have to say things that are going to open doors for you yeah. and then going to make um, things come into manifestation for you. Yeah. And then you want on to say that every word that we say is creative. Yeah. Whatever word that comes out of our mouth, being it ideal or wholesome, yeah. 
produces results. So we should be very keen on what we say. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then you also said that everything in this kingdom tries with words. Yeah. It means that whatever we do in this kingdom of God, we do it with words. Yeah. And you can give us examples of what Jesus Christ did with words. That even when Jesus is giving prophecies, He gives it in words. In God, if God wants to um, make um, or um, to say something to us, He gives it in words. If He wants to make changes, He does that with words. Hallelujah. And then you said that our mouths are created yeah. to create two words, yeah. to, to give us words. Yeah. So we can't have our mouth and then be saying negative things for us. Yeah. Because in this, uh, in this year, as you are working in ever-increasing grace, your words matter, our words matter. You can't be free, you can't be declaring, I am working in ever-increasing grace, and then be sabotaging your word by saying, oh, probably you, you, you go to work and somebody asks you, hey, Taliban, and then you go by him, you are sabotaging the thing that has come to us. You are sabotaging what we are working in, in this year. When you, when you do that, obviously you are not going to work. You can be giving, you can be praying and everything, but when you don't do things right, when you don't guide your words, you are going to sabotage and then you are going to be from the course of working in ever increasing grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then, Papa, you went on by teaching us what a grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is. Yeah. And then you said uh, uh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is the outworkings of God according to his divine purpose yeah. after his own counsel through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. And then you said one striking thing. You said, and the grace of God, uh, you are speaking to as why uh, grace in the New Testament is not a merited favor. Hallelujah. Yeah. But you said that the grace, knowing the consciousness of the grace that is at work in us, it is more than the unmerited favor that we used to think. Obviously, honestly, yeah. Papa, if you didn't preach uh, this message, yeah. I thought her grace is a merited favor, to be honest. Yeah. I didn't know that grace is the outworking of God's word working mightily in us. Yeah. I never knew that. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you so much for this word, Papa. And also, you said that in the New Testament, a Christian is made up of everything that God is made up of. Yeah. So, God is seeing us, and then He is seeing us in His fullness. He has emptied, he has emptied and He has deposited Himself so much in, into us. So, even though He has emptied and He has filled us with His fullness, He still remains God. He still remains true. Hallelujah. Yeah. And also, the idea that there's a big God somewhere yeah. that we are trying to reach out to is not true. Yeah. It is not true. Because when we have the grace of God at work in us, God sees us as, you know, He sees us as, as Him, as Himself. Yeah. He sees us as being part of Him. We don't, we don't, we don't see us as people that are far away or people that are not deserving of what we actually deserve. Yeah. Hallelujah. But whether we are full of, uh, we are full and fu- uh, we are functioning in His ability. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. And then Papa, you, you made another point and you said we should embrace what God says about us yeah. and not what the world says about us. Yeah. Because when we open up ourselves to what the world says, the world or people are saying about us, obviously we will debate, we will debate and then the word of God will not stand or work in our lives. Because yeah. if people are saying that the world is, is going, is, is, you know, the world is not going as it is, and you also, being a Christian, you also accept and then you also believe in what they are saying. 
without without knowing that it, even though you know the grace of God is working mightily in you, but what they are saying is not in line with what the grace is saying, and you give attention to that. Obviously, you are going to deviate. And then you also said something again that the Christian life is not seeking testimony, but working in God's ability. Hallelujah. But you went on to say that this Christian life we are living, if we know the grace of God that is working, the grace of the Lord is that is working for us, we wouldn't just come to church and then seek for testimonies. But we will come and then with the consciousness of God, knowing that we are working in God's ability, we are able to do anything, anything is possible for us. Hallelujah. And then we read Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7 to 11. I want to read that. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7 to 11. Glory. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7 to 11. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7 to 11. And I read, Wherefore I was made a minister, according to the gifts of the grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of His power, unto me, who, who am less than the least of all things, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and power in heavenly places might be known by the church and manifold wisdom of God. Hallelujah. According to the eternal purpose which he proposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, so within this, Papa made um, another point by saying that the Christian was programmed, we were programmed by God before the foundation of the world. Yeah. So even before sin, we were programmed. Yeah. He thought about us. Yeah. He thought about us before he did what? He didn't program the, 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 the world. Hallelujah. Yeah. And then he also said that we do not have defect as Christ, uh, as children of God, yeah. unless we don't know, uh, unless it's out of ignorance. Yeah. We, we, we do not have defect yeah. as children of God. Hallelujah. We are able, we have the ability yeah. in God. We have the ability to do everything and to work in ever increasing grace. Hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, Papa, I want to say something. Um, before Papa talked uh, about the, uh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, yeah. I'm sure Papa. Um, um, talked about um, the word about about the importance of words because yeah. in this year 2022, yeah. when we are working in, um, we, we are supposed we are supposed to work in ever increasing grace. Yeah. If you are doing everything right yeah. and you don't act right, you don't talk right, yeah. you are not going to experience the, the or the manifestation of enjoying um, ever increasing grace. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Papa. Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory. Yay. Hallelujah. Thank, thank you very much, Sister Jem. And Sister Phyllis, you also share a little, shed more light on the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
and add up to what our sister Jemima has spoken. Is that not true? Yes, yeah. thank you, Papa. And I think Sister Jem has given us yeah. so much of the truth yes. about yes. in yes. the grace of yes. our Lord Jesus. Yes. So, Papa, I think I'll just add on from where Sister Jem left off in, in the second yes. section of that preaching. Yes. And, Papa, you talked about, again, God's eternal purpose yeah. being established even before the beginning of the world. Yes. And you were teaching us about this sequence, about God's eternal purpose being established even before Genesis, before what happened in the garden. Contrary to popular belief, most people think that grace is as a result of Adam's sin. Or something that happened that God had to quickly rectify to reconcile us to him. But contrary to that, it was already in God's eternal purpose that that concept of grace. Yes. It was also before the Abrahamic um, covenant. covenant yes. And it was, you also explained to us how it was before the law even of Moses. Yeah. And, and, and you emphasized that sequence to us for us to know our place, to know yeah. that God had us in mind. He had that eternal purpose in mind yeah. even before all these things transpired. In, in the world. Yes. And so, uh, Papa, the, the next thing that you, you really emphasized was what was the definition of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. And you said, you explained to us how it is the outworkings of God yes. through the expression of His kindness yes. in the person of Jesus yes. for the consummation of His eternal purpose yes. after the counsel of His will. Yes. And, and in, in to, to simplify that, you were talking about how God's grace, Jesus is God's grace personified. Yeah. He's the grace of God in person. Yeah. And how he's the consummation of God's eternal purpose. Yes. And, and Papa, from that, you also went on to explain to us something that I think I'll never forget. Yeah. <laughs> the illustration of the old man yeah. and the new and the man. New man yeah. And what happened... What, why we have this identity as a new creation, as yeah. a Christian. And, you know, for me, personally, yeah. I always knew the story about the death of Christ, yeah. him laying in the tomb for three days. Yeah. I know he went to hell, he came back, and yeah. then we are Christians. Yeah. But, Papa, you broke that down for us, explaining to us what actually happened yeah. to give us that identity as a new creation. Yes. And you said Jesus when he died went into hell to defeat the devil yeah. and, and, and to dissolve the nature of sin and death. Yeah. And in that he was recreated in the womb of the Holy Spirit yeah. and came out a new, new man. man. Yeah. So contrary to what we know about I was once a sinner and yeah. um, I once had this past. Yeah. The person who comes out, so for instance, if somebody is walking towards the altar yeah. and they, they believe in their heart, they confess with their mouth, the yeah. Lordship of Jesus, yeah. the person who is walking back to their seat is a completely new person. person yeah. A person who has never existed yeah. before. Yeah. A, are you even gave an example with the baby of a, 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 a precious baby as well for pastor yeah. affair that yeah. when you look at a newborn baby that newborn baby has never had a past yeah. that newborn baby doesn't even know what they did in a pre- it, it's a fresh yeah. start it's yeah. a completely new yeah. person yeah. And, and Papa you explained to us that when we also come into the Lordship of Jesus yeah. this is the same 
kind of operation yeah. that happens on our spirit yeah. so that we are able to look like Christ yeah. and be like Christ. Yeah. So now in the new creation yeah. or the Christian now has become one with Christ. Christ. One with Christ. Not somebody who existed previously and has been remodeled or changed. And Papa, you are explaining to us that this process of becoming moving from the old man, the corruptible nature of sin, to the new man, this man who indwells Christ and indwells the Holy Spirit. You said that spiritual transition because physically the person may look the same. The person doesn't become a baby or change Mm -hmm. in their physical form. But spiritually they've gone through a transition which we call the new birth or which we call being born Born again. again, And to me I think that that was such a profound explanation to for me to be really grounded in my identity as who is a Christian? Mm -hmm. Who is that new new man Mm -hmm. and so papa you also lastly went on to explain Mm -hmm. that this new man has the ability of God mm. and that's why as Christians we cannot be sitting down waiting for something to happen yeah. or waiting for them to be a working from heaven yeah. for us for something to be manifest yeah. Yeah. you made it clear to us Papa, that we must take advantage of who we are once yeah. we understand this identity that yeah. Christ indwells us mm. I am in him yes. I have his abilities yes. I can do what he can do yes. I'm not waiting for an outworking from outside yeah, I must stir it up from, from within, within to yeah. show forth these outworkings yeah. and Papa you even gave us an example in First Corinthians 3 verse 21 in, in, the, in the scripture where God says all things are mine yes why are all things mine? Because the person who has all things is in me. Yeah. And, and, and if I have his ability, I should be able to produce all things that, yeah. I, that I want to see yeah. or that are required of me. Yes. So, Papa, I think in terms of the grace of our Lord Jesus, these are some of the key things that you hit on. Oh, thank wow, you. Wow. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Phyllis, for such profound elaboration. Amen. 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 I hope you are enjoying... What is going on? Yes, you are enjoying sir. the words. Yeah, you are hearing certain things that are touching you. You are trying to think through what does it mean, what do they mean, what are they talking about. Amen. Amen. If you want to get the messages, they are all free online. On our YouTube channel, on our Facebook channel, we have all the messages there one after the other. You can go back there, listen to those messages again and again. You want to hear a message on the new birth. It's also online, Facebook. We want to hear our message on the predestined well. It's also online. So maybe you don't have the full... What you're just sharing are just bits and pieces. You're just giving highlights of what we've shared. So if you want to just understand all that we've shared fully from here, you may not necessarily fully understand that. You would have to go back, do your search, listen to our messages, watch the videos, and you would see the declaration of the year, you would see the grace of God, you would see the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is like a three-part series, part one, two, three, and then you would also see the spirit of grace, and growing in grace, how to grow in grace, and we explain a lot of things there, so if you want to just understand fully what we are sharing, you can just go back on the same channel you are watching us from, both YouTube and Facebook, World Changes Nation, and then listen to those messages again. And then compare them with the scriptures we are raising. And if you have any questions too, we will take those questions. Maybe not today, but some other time when we sit on set, 
you will be ready to give us the questions and we would answer all very simply for you to understand. Amen. Amen. So, it's so important. And Sister Steph, we also want you to also add your voice to what is happening here. Is that not true? <laughs> On the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sister Jem has shared briefly. Sister Phyllis too has also elaborated a little bit on what the steps. So, what do you also want to tell our viewers on who were absent whilst we were sharing all these powerful truths and we're changing our minds on the whole message of grace? What the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is all about? Thank you, Pastor. Okay, so um, I think before I continue from where Sister Phyllis left off, yes. I think Papa. Um, elaborated on how important the effectiveness of our spiritual life is yes. experiencing increased grace. Yes. I think Papa mentioned that um, recently we see that we are now becoming more of the churchy type. Yes. Like just showing up to church yeah. and through the motions. Yeah. But he was saying that we should drive our passions towards the things of God yeah. sincerely. Yeah. That it shouldn't just be about the talk or just listening. Yeah. It should be seen in our actions. Yes. And I think Papa said that when you position yourself in that way, yeah. you are you will know what God has done in and through you. Yes. That you will not just live a normal life. That yes. um, everything has been made available to us in the way. But yeah. once you are carnal, you yeah. are going to miss it. Yeah. Because um, God is not even going to entrust all his blessings to someone who is carnal. Yes. You are going to misuse this or channel it in wrong direction. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I think he also spoke about um, us being placed in one position. Yeah. That we are only looking, like as Sister Phyllis said, she mentioned that um, sometimes you don't know what you have or what you are working in. Yeah. You are ignorant. So you are waiting for things to happen to you. Yeah. But once you are living in that truth, you make things happen. Yeah. You don't, I think Papa always says that some of the prayer requests, yeah. we wouldn't be praying them. They don't even qualify to be prayer requests. Yeah. You know, even the power that we work in. Yeah. That you can get to a certain level of grace that things will just fall in place to you. Yeah. And we also mentioned that in our work with God, it's a relationship with God. Yeah. So we have to build that acquaintance. That you can get to a point where God is concerned about you, that even your provision, even before you even thought, God makes it happen. So we should strive to know that knowledge and actually work in that. Amen. Amen. Okay, and then we also spoke. So the next key thing for me was, I think Papa said that as a new creation, you have to view the Bible, the entire Bible, from that dispensation. Because right now, as Sister Phyllis talked about the old man, we have moved from that after being born again. After whatever Christ went through from hell and that, a new chapter has begun. And what are we doing with that new chapter? We have to see the Bible from that. I think Papa also mentioned that if you are reading the Bible, you just say, well, let me just read from Psalms. Yeah. After all, we are all reading the Bible. But yeah. once you have that knowledge, yeah. Psalms look different to you. Yeah. I think Papa mentioned that there are 
some things that um, once you see with the eyes of the New Testament, yeah. you wouldn't behave in certain ways. Yeah. So I think he said because of that, it's not that someone is lying or something, but yeah. it's because they're misinterpreting the scripture. Yeah. So we have people just saying anything. Yeah. When you look at, he said you are supposed to know the differences and correspondences in the two dispensations. Yeah. When he, so he said in the Old Testament you were under the law, yeah. but in the New Testament you were under grace. Yeah. So your behavior should match that. I think Sajem also spoke about grace yeah. not being a merited favor. Yeah. It's not because of your sin. It's yeah. something God has given to you. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you are, and we shouldn't look down upon ourselves because mm. we have so much power in Christ. Once mm. we understand what that grace means, mm. we can do mighty things. Amen. 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 And then um, we also spoke about, I think one key thing we spoke about was that you have, you can only enjoy the fullness of blessings mm. once you have the full truth of the gospel. Yeah. I think one thing that struck me was that you have to enjoy the blessing in its entirety. Yeah. You you don't have to say, oh, maybe I just need a job today. Whilst you are battling chronic disease, it doesn't <laughs> work that way. Yeah. You are going to spend all your money mm-hmm. treating the disease. You are just going to be miserable. You yeah. can't have wealth or you can't have um, a good life yeah. and be depressed. Yeah. It's an error. Yeah. We have we have made one with Christ. We have all things. So yeah. you can't limit yourself and say, Oh, let me just manage this one like that. Yeah. You you have to enjoy the fullness of that. That's why growing in grace is important. Yeah. So that we are not stuck at one level but we can move to the next level. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And then I think Papa also mentioned that as a Christian um, your life shouldn't be based upon the experiences of others. Yes. It's only the truth of the way that stands. Yeah. You can't say that, well, because Papa went through this, yeah. I have to go through really? the same thing, yeah. or else that's not. Yeah. That's not it's a photocopy. Yes, because it's the truth. Papa's experience and his work and his level of knowledge yeah. is different from you. So yeah. as you grow, yeah. you have to. Find the truth for yourself. You yeah. have to increase in the knowledge of God. Yeah. You can't look on someone else's experience. Yeah. I think Papa was saying that now we are being influenced by social media yeah. a lot. Yeah. That there's a lot of untruth being peddled, yeah. and you see people grasping it because they are not. People don't want to read or learn for themselves. I yeah. think that's what Papa always says that even if I've said this, go back and read the scripture and see it for yourself and have a feel of it. So I think it goes back to us learning and going back to what we are learning so that we see the results for ourselves. Amen. Amen. And I think finally, um, I want to read um, this verse. Um, Ephesians 2 verse 14. Yeah. Like what Sister Phyllis was saying about what happens when we are born again. Now. Yeah. I think it says that for he, our peace, who had made both one yeah. and had broken down the middle wall of partition between Hallelujah. us. So I think from this, it shows that Hallelujah. we now have access to God directly. Yeah. After he came back from hell, we now have 
a new birth. Yeah. After that death, yeah. we are now alive. Yeah. We are now alive in Christ. Yeah. So it says that you don't, as before said, you don't wait for, you don't depend on ministers or anything. I think yeah. Papa says that there should be times that after all that you've heard, mm. you shouldn't wait to be calling him when you go through yeah. trials. You have the direct access to God. Yeah. Because man, he can What if his phone is switched off? What if it's unavailable? What if he's yeah. in Asia? Yeah. And there's no chance. What are you going to do? You yeah. now have the direct access to God. Yeah. I think that was one powerful thing to Amen. Amen. Wow. Is that awesome? awesome. Wow. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Seth, for such wonderful. Uh, elaboration and you've talked a lot of things today. Is that not true? Sister Alfreda, so we also went into the spirit of grace and we explained what the spirit of grace is all about. The scriptures talk about the spirit of grace. Can you take us through briefly on that also, the spirit of grace? What does it mean when we talk about the spirit of grace? Yeah. Thank you once again, Papa, for yeah. this opportunity. So, Papa, you explained to us that the spirit of grace is the inner workings and outworkings of the Holy Spirit in a Christian. You also said that um, the Holy Spirit is responsible for working out the plans, purposes, and provisions of God God, in our lives. lives. And you also said that the spirit of grace is the person of God and his power resident in a Christian. Papa, you went further to explain, um, teach us on the two Adams. Yeah. You said that for us to better understand grace, yeah. we must know, um, have a knowledge, a little knowledge about the two Adams. So we yeah. have the first Adam yeah. and then the second Adam. Yeah. And as Christians, we must know where we hail from. Yeah. And we hail from the second and last Adam, yeah. which is Jesus That's Christ. Jesus, yeah. Which is Jesus Christ. And people, most people think that... Um, Salvation came because Adam sinned. And Papa, you said salvation is not as a result of sin, but is the birthing out of the eternal purpose that was in Christ Jesus. That was in God, sorry. It's the birthing out of the eternal purpose that was in God. And so we are made one with Christ. The Bible says that he that is joined with the Lord is one spirit. Therefore, as Christians, we must know where we come from so we don't. Go confessing the wrong things. Yeah. That was why, like Sister Steph said and Papa said, yeah. we should read the Old Testament with the perspective of the New yeah. Testament, yeah. so that we don't go and be confessing Elijah yeah. and and break the, break the bones, any dry yeah. bones, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and be praying all sorts of prayer. Yeah. And like Papa said, um, if we know all of these things, our prayer topics will just decrease yeah. because we know the power. We know that. The Holy Spirit, the ability of God Himself, is in us, yes. and and we we made one with Christ. And Jesus, when Jesus, when God sees us, He sees us as Jesus Christ, yes. and He expects us to act like Him. So when we come to Him now and we are asking, Oh God, when will You do? Yes. Oh God, when will You do? And it's also thinking, but I've made, I've made You like Jesus Christ. Yeah. You have all the power in You, yeah. the Holy Spirit, the Almighty God Himself, in the person of the Holy Spirit, resides in You. Yes. And so there is nothing that you cannot do. The Bible says that with God all things are possible. Yeah. So there is nothing that you cannot do. So God expects us to know these things and walk in these truths mm. so that we can be of its benefits. Yeah. So Papa, I just want to say, I just want to say thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah. And God bless you, sir. Amen. Glory. Amen.
Glory. Amen. I hope you have been blessed by this simple discussion. Is that not true? Like I said, like I said earlier on, we cannot give you all that we have shared. But one message alone is more than two hours. So we cannot give you all that we have shared or we have taught on this uh, set, on this stage, see, on this rematon. But you can have access to all these messages online. The grace of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the spirit of grace, growing in grace, part one, growing in grace, part two, growing in grace, part three, we are still with the throne of grace. And we are still continuing on the growing in grace. And then we, we actually enter in, into what is grace. Is that not powerful? So if you want to maybe have an understanding of these things we are just discussing, we are just trying to let you know that there is a truth of God's word that you have to desire. You know, there is a truth of God's word you have to desire. You have to move from just being a churchy Christian to a Christian that is filled with knowledge. And that it learns how to act out this knowledge, you see, and to, to walk with Christ and see results in their lives. Is that not true? So maybe you, you are there, you are wondering. Grace, they said grace is unmerited fever. It's not unmerited fever. What then is grace? And all that, you can go back and get our messages. There are a lot of things we have shared that we cannot see all here. And so it's so important that you go follow us on Facebook, on YouTube, and then listen to the messages. Watch them. Compare what you are sharing with the scriptures. No. Not many Christians know about God's eternal purpose. Not many ministers know about God's eternal purpose. When we talk about God's predestined purpose, we are not talking about the Calvinist theory where uh, John Calvin thought that everyone who will be saved is known by God already. So God knows every individual that will be saved. And God knows every individual that will also perish and go to hell. That is not what we are talking about. I think I have to clarify that. What we are talking about is the fact that according to the scriptures, and we'll be going into the scriptures just for some, we don't have time. We do, you know, we don't have the time to go into all the things. Is that not true? Yes. We don't have the time to go into all the things. So if you want to hear a lot of things and all that, you may not necessarily hear a lot of things today. But you can go back and watch all the things that we have shared. We've heard a lot of things. No, we are talking about God's pre-intention, God's intention even beforehand, before the world began. And what he had hidden in himself. You see, is that one also in the Bible? Yes, it is. So what have you seen in the Bible? <laughs> is that not true? And we, we went further to talk about the fact that some people say God doesn't share his glory with any man. And all that. There are people who believe that God doesn't share. Even ministers who believe that God doesn't share his glory with any man. And you wonder what kind of Bible they are reading. You know, and that's what they said. Sister James said it. Sister Phyllis said it. You read, as a Christian, you read the entire Bible from the perspective of the New Testament. You can read the Old Testament. You can read the three Old Testaments as before the law was given and all of that. But you should read everything in the Bible from an understanding of the New. Why? Because you are born in the New Testament. 
You are born in Christ Jesus. You are born at this time. You are born in this dispensation. So, if you were born under the law like Aaron, or like any of the Levites, or any of those people, then you ought to read and you have the entire Bible with you. They didn't have the entire Bible like we have. But if they had the entire Bible, then they would be reading the entire Bible from the perspective of the Old Testament. Because that was the dispensation they were born in. And that is what they've taught. They've been taught and they've learned. So they'll be reading and explaining, interpreting the Bible from the Old Testament perspective. And Old Testament interpretation of scriptures. But we are so privileged to be born in the New Testament. We are so privileged to be a part of this dispensation. And we ought to read the whole Bible from this new dispensation, which is the dispensation of grace, which is the dispensation of the Spirit. You see, we are in the dispensation of the Spirit. We are in the dispensation of truth. You see, we are not in the dispensation of the law. We are in the dispensation of truth. And it's important that we study the Scriptures, we interpret the Scriptures with this kind of spiritual understanding. It's only in the New Testament that we've been granted what we call spiritual understanding. No one had spiritual understanding in the Old Testament. Many men walked with God. They prophesied about Jesus. They prophesied about the church. They prophesied and all that. But they did not walk in spiritual understanding. The scripture says that the Son of God has come. That's Jesus. And He has granted us access to spiritual understanding. And it's that spiritual understanding that we are bringing up. It's that spiritual understanding that we are teaching. We are bringing to the body of Christ. You know, for example, the minister says that God does not share His glory with anyone. Or God does not share His glory with anyone. He's coming from the Old Testament. That minister is a New Testament minister. You see. But he's still quoting a scripture from the Old Testament without a proper interpretation see, of the scriptures. In the Old Testament, God said it. You see, He does not share His glory with anyone. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the Psalms and all the other passages you see. But once you jump into the New Testament, you will see that we are partakers of God's glory. You even see that it was a prayer Jesus made even before the New Testament. Before Jesus died. Even to, I always say that before Jesus died, before he was raised, died and was raised back to life, every other thing you read, there is still an Old Testament thing. Because he was born under the law. The Bible says, Galatians chapter 4, says that Jesus was born under, born of a woman and born under the law. So when Jesus was born, the law was still in place. Amen. Amen. The law was still in place. But, he made a prayer in John chapter 17. You read from verse 1. But we don't have time to go into it. You can just go to verse 19, verse 20, verse 21. When Jesus actually prayed that we all be one, and he told the Father, the Father, he told the Father that, Father, the glory that you have given to me, said I have also given to them. That was before his death, and this happened after his resurrection. So the glory that the Father gave to Jesus, Jesus is the glory of the Father. We are the glory of Jesus. That's the mathematical equation. Jesus is the glory of the Father, and we are the glory of Jesus. So we are actually sharers in God's glory. If you can't mention God's glory without a Christian. You understand? So, these are truths that we, we bring to you. These are truths that it's important that Christians understand. So, they don't look like we don't, we don't deserve something. You see, there is no such the Christian. Whatever you, you, you see in manifestation 
is something you actually deserve. There is nothing you don't deserve in the sight of God. Why? Because you are a child of God. You are born of God. You belong to Him. You belong to His family. You can't belong to the family of God and say you don't deserve something. It's an error. Then you don't belong to the family. But as long as you belong, you belong to the queen's family, you deserve whatever is in the family. You can never tell the queen, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't deserve this chair that I'm sitting on. I don't deserve this food. I don't deserve this car. She will be shocked. Are you sure you are part of this family? Were you born by us in this family? Are you a descendant of this family? Are you here? You see, so if you are born again, you are born in a way that you can never say, I don't deserve this thing. You see, the, the reason why many people talk about, and this thing is very important, it's very important that if you want to talk really about grace, just to add up to all that they've shared with us, first of all, you should understand God's eternal purpose. In the scriptures, God's predestined purpose. You say, where is it? You can read the entire chapter, Ephesians chapter 1, if you want to get it, Ephesians chapter 2, and Ephesians chapter 3. When you read those chapters, you see the God's predestined purpose. See, before the world began. It's so emphatic. And it's just there throughout. Maybe you have not seen it, but it's just there. And then in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul just explains how that grace has been given to him to expose to us God's hidden plan before the world began. You can read it there. So you must understand God's eternal purpose. Number two, you must understand the difference between redemption and salvation. They are not the same. One leads to the other, but they are not the same. There's a difference between redemption and salvation in the scriptures. You should understand. You see, in one, in redemption, Jesus was dealing with the sin of man. In salvation, Jesus is raising, or Jesus was raising, a new breed of people. The two is different. Jesus is the head of the church, the Bible says. He is the head of the church. He was leading the new creation. He was leading a newly created people on this earth. He was leading in, 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 by his resurrection. That is salvation. But redemption has to do with Jesus Christ dealing with the sin of man. The sin of the first man. The third thing is that you must understand the first man and the second man. They are not the same. See, there are pastors who say that we were created in the image of God and in His likeness. The way we are talking about we, the church, they still refer to Genesis chapter 1. But that is wrong. <laughs> is that wrong? Yes. You want to refer to we, you refer to us and Christ. You see, so, they are still pointing to the Adam. But the Bible differentiates in 1 Corinthians 15, from verse 45, the Bible differentiates or distinguishes between these two men. One is of the earth, one is of heaven. They are not the same. And it depends on who you belong to. Do you belong to the one of the earth, or you belong to the one from heaven? We belong to Jesus. Come on, shout hallelujah to that. These are things you must learn. You must also learn that all creation are not the same. People just think you are all the same. It's just the old man that just became a new man or something like that. All kinds of things that we are sharing. And that, that makes many pastors think that grace came because sin came. Grace is God's solution to sin. You see, grace came because sin came. Because Adam sinned, God had to now bring grace, or there should be grace, or Jesus Christ came, and, and all of that. So that sin may be dealt with, 
and so that we, we can just do anything we want and God is just saying, oh, there is grace, there is grace, as long as Jesus is there, and all that. And we, are, we, are, we kind of give people the license to sin. But you see, the, the, the power of sin, the life of sin, cannot be found in the Christian. The life of it cannot be found. The Christian was raised after the effect, the consequence, the power of sin, and even the source of sin was dealt with. See, when Jesus was dealing with the devil, who is the origin of sin? There was no Christian. He dealt with him in hell. It was when he was raised back to life that he started the new creation. He started the church. He started the Christ- that is when the Christian became the first Christian. Jesus is the first Christian. Is that not true? Through his resurrection. The first one to be of his kind. The first type of man. And all of us who believe in him are so one with him. The Bible says that we are one bread, not two bread. Just we are one body, not two bodies. We are so one that when, you, when God looks at Christ, he can't look at Christ and see us apart from him. Do you understand what I'm saying? When God looks at Christ, he sees Christ, a person, he sees all of us one. So when we say Christ, we are part of Christ. <laughs> he is the head and we are his body. Your head cannot have a different name from you, your body, true or false. That's what the Bible teaches. So these are things that we have to understand. First of all, the grace of God has to do with what God had planned in him before the foundation of the world that he decided to carry it out at a particular time. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ has to do with the person that God chose in carrying out or consummating this plan, this predestined plan. That's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. When you study, when you, when, you, when you watch the videos, you see all of them that the spirit of grace has to do with the spirit of God's will in carrying out this purpose of God now on this earth. So even though the, the purpose has been consummated, we are still carrying out that purpose. So the spirit of God is carrying out that purpose through us. Or we are carrying out that purpose through the spirit. And that is the spirit of grace. And then we talk about the growth in grace. When he says we should grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. When he says grace and peace be multiplied unto us through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is that not awesome? So we can't explain everything that we've said. <laughs> Amen. We actually said a lot of things, like they said. We talked about the epistles informing us about. The people's work, the Old Testament people's work with God, the persons informing us about the Jews and the Gentiles, the differences. We went to Ephesians chapter, uh, chapter 2 from verse 1, when it says, You are quickened. We differentiated all of that the Jew, the Gentile, the new man, the difference. You see, these are all truths that we can use one day to share. Is that not true? So it's important that you are watching us online. And you want to understand the scriptures, you follow the teachings that we are giving. There are a lot of things that are going on, a lot of teachings, I call it basic teachings, or what Paul calls elementary teachings. That the church is just stuck with it. It's like when we say that, why do you have to speak in tongues? We are speaking in tongues so that the devil will not hear. That's an elementary teaching. <laughs> is that an elementary teaching? When you start studying the book of Corinthians, First Corinthians, you come to realize the various benefits of speaking in tongues. But you can stay with that, with that one alone. Why do you speak in tongues? So that they will not hear me. 
And so we are 20 years in church. And we still ask you the same question. You say, so that devil will not hear me. And then, when you do that, you will not be able to take advantage of the other benefits. You don't know when you, when you speak in tongues, you are stirring up your spirit. You are building up yourself in your most holy faith. You wouldn't know. That's why we share some of these things. So that you, are not, you don't become disadvantaged, even though you are born again. We say the Christian cannot malfunction. The Christian doesn't have a defect. The Christian is the, the express image of, of the person of Christ. When you see God, you see Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. When you see Christ Jesus, you are seeing God. You don't need to see an invisible God. When you see the person of Jesus, you are seeing God. When you see the person of the Christian coming, you are seeing Christ. That is, the, that, is the, that is how it has been done. That is the, math, that is the mathematical equation. From God to Christ to the church. So you don't need Christ to step here and say, this is Christ. Once we are, this is Christ working. When we are working, it's Christ working. Why? Because we are so one with Christ. In us now. We are the full expression of Christ. Did you, did you know what I just said? And that is the work of grace. That is grace. So we say that God had all of this within himself. It doesn't mean that God knows that Sister Phyllis will be saved, Sister Frida will be saved, and chose them before the world began. And that's not what we are saying. We are saying that before the world began, God knew that Christ will come. God knew that the Gentiles, the Jews, will be, will be created as new men. United with Christ. He knew. And we say that the transition from death to life is birth. The transition of spiritual death. And we say when the scripture says, there are a lot of truths that we've shared. When the scripture says that we are, you have passed from death to life, it looks so simple. When it says you were dead in trespasses, I say quickened. It looks so simple. Doesn't it look simple? Yes. But in reality, when it says death to life, you can only pass from death to life through death. Once you enter death, you cannot say I was dead. Because the one who is born again, or the one who is born into the world, cannot say I, I was dead and I'm, I'm now born into Ghana. No. By death. You are a newly born person. So when a baby is, is newly born, all the baby has to do is to grow, to know, and to live. Is that not true? That is the same. Once you are born again, we train you, we let you learn the word of God. As you keep learning, you are growing. You begin to live the Christian life. You begin to live a spiritual life. You begin to live a victorious life. You begin to live a superior life. The Christian, the reason why God established the new creation is to enable us live a superior life. He wants to see that kind of race that lives like him. When the command it happens, they are not waiting for. That's what they talk about the prayer request. I say, God, when will you do? But Jesus never went to the Father and said, Father, when will you do this for me? I've been waiting for a while now. My friend Lazarus is dead. When will you do? Is that what Jesus was doing? Who do you look like? Who do you look like? Who do you resemble? <laughs> Is that a strange? And how, who do you act like? So these are truths we are bringing the body of Christ. Why? To raise a victorious army. Not an army that is saying we are victorious, we are victorious, yet we are begging for everything. Victorious, yet we are moving from place to place. The little thing that happens, they can't control. They can't speak. They can't touch. They can't do it. Say, oh, this has happened. Oh, hello, 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 can you help me? No. Our help is in the Lord. And the Lord is in us. You see, it's like when I said, when David uh, 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 said, I lift up my eyes onto the hills. From where is coming my help? My help coming from the Lord. 
will make it evident. If you are not reading the, new, the, the Bible from the perspective of the New Testament, you will say, you are later my on to the hills. He is not on the hills. Is that not true? Say, I lift up my hands onto the hills. From where come my help? My help comes from the Lord. Is the Lord on the hills? But why did David say that? Because the people went to climb the mountain. The Old Testament prophets, all of that, who went to the mountain to pray. To the Lord, they could encounter God on the mountain. So why do I look for help on the hills, on the mountain? In the New Testament, you are not looking on the hills. In the New Testament, you are looking inside of us. Glory. Your spirit is the seat where Christ is. Hallelujah. Now on earth. Hallelujah. We are looking for what is Christ? What is Christ? It's inside of you. That is why you say you are Christians, Christians. Glory. You look like Christ. I look like Christ. You are made like Christ. Made like Christ. So when he says that, uh, my, I look up onto the hills, where my help coming from? My help coming from the Lord. Who make it heaven on earth? If your help coming from the Lord, the scripture says the Lord is our helper. So that we may boldly say, He has said, so that we may boldly say that the Lord is our helper. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless, I will give you a helper. The helper has come. But he's not on the hill. But David said he's on the hill. So if you are reading the Bible from that perspective that you've always been, you will be looking on the hills. You'll be going to the hills. You'll be looking up God. When will you, you think that God, the God, God is in heaven, but God is on earth. Glory. Is that not true? God is in heaven, but that same God is on earth. God the Holy Ghost is on earth. God the Father is in heaven. Jesus is in heaven, but Jesus is on earth. You see, Jesus is in heaven. But it's also on earth through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of Christ. When the Holy Ghost is at work in you, He is living in you, He is working in you, He is working through you. Your whole mentality of Christianity is how to push out things. Not how to just sit down and be watching up somewhere. Why? Because the, what God will do up, He is doing on earth. <laughs> so things are not happening from above. Yeah. Things are happening here. Yes, is that not true? Yes, Through the Holy Spirit, God is here. Yes, the action is on this earth. Glory. If you want to run to heaven, you will join the, the, the those on the stands. Yeah. One the scriptures called the cloud, the cloud of witnesses, yeah. and we watch him. But once you are here, is where the action is. The action man is the Holy Ghost. He is here. Is that not true? Yeah. These are truths. I wonder, Christians, the Bible says we are the temple of the Holy. What do they mean by we are the temple of the Holy Ghost? When you read the scriptures, the scriptures say that we are. Can we go to Revelation chapter 5? I just wanted to share something, but I think I don't have much time. Is that not true? Maybe I'll do that next time on the glory of grace. But I just, I just felt like Revelation chapter 5 from verse 25 will do us justice. So then, before then, let's read Timothy. So that those who are watching who have never heard what we say, at least when they see what Timothy Paul said in the book of Timothy, just a few minutes and then we close. Christianity is so, so much fun. Do you understand? It's not so much fun. It's fun with the spirit. It's fun with the word. Is that not true? I said Christianity is what? It's so much fun. Don't just sit down and make your Christianity boring. When you write a neighbor, you won't follow you to church. Is that not true? It's so much fun. It's so much fun. 
Come on, shout hallelujah. So we are sharing a lot of things. Are we not sharing a lot of things? Second Timothy chapter one. I wish I had some few time to just explain the glory of grace, but I don't have that time. Do we have that time? We don't have sir. We don't have sir. We don't have. We don't have. But it's good. At least you get to know what we have been sharing. This is the truth. What we are sharing with you is the truth. Jesus was not raised from the dead to raise inferior beings. How can you explain that? He is the first to be raised from the dead. They are first of his kind. Just to raise people who are just struggling in life. They should have just left, left the old man, the old man. <laughs> Some of you don't even know the difference between the old man and the new man. You just put all together, clap. Even many ministers don't know this is the old man. Is the new. If you want to know, go and read First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse forty-five. Just read it; it will blow your mind. Is that not true? There is a new, there is a new race in town. There is a new race. There is what? A new race, a new kind of race, a new generation, a new breed, new species in town. So if you are still in the Elijah syndrome, move, move, move. Hey. Hey. Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Hey. Abraham rejoiced to see our day. Hey. This day, Abraham rejoiced. Abraham was not part of me. He just saw, he foresaw it as a prophet. And he just started rejoicing. What should we be doing? We are in the day. We should just be rejoicing every day. No, is that not strange? Yes. He told them, says Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He said, Are you are not even 15 years old? You are talking about Abraham. Are you mad? Because they also didn't understand. And you receive spiritual understanding. Yes. I said, I said, even some of some Christians are making angels confused. Yes, the Bible says angels are learning from us. Is that not true? Yes. Verse 3, verse 9. These angels are learning from us. Those in heavenly realms are all learning from us. They are learning the things that they are, the first time they ever saw God as a person was when Jesus came. After Jesus, they saw another breed. Jesus and his generation. Jesus has ascended. They said, let us learn about Jesus from these people. That is angels. They are learning about Jesus from us. The way we talk, the way we act, the things we do. When they watch, they say, this is this, this is this. Oh. As we are speaking like this, they are learning from us. Yes, Yet because of our inconsistency today, this one I talk about incomplete truths yes, and inconsistencies, they, can, they get confused. Ah, today you are like Elijah, tomorrow you are like Jesus. Who are you like? Really like? <laughs> the next day you are holding a word of Moses. The next day you are... <laughs> they say you are getting us confused, sir. You are getting us confused, sir. Is that not true? Yes, sir. So many Christians are even getting angels confused. Yes, sir. Think about it. It looks like a terminology. That is the truth. To the intent that all the principalities and powers might be made known by the church. By the church. The wisdom of God. Yes, sir. So those principalities and powers are learning in heavenly place, are learning the wisdom of God. From the church of Jesus Christ. If the church of Jesus Christ is ignorant, then we raise ignorant angels. 
Is that not true? Yes, that means the Bible gives us that authority that don't you know that we will judge angels? Yes, we, the church, we will judge angels. Yes, so if you are ignorant, I wonder what we will be judging angels yes, Think about it. We have been given that right to judge angels. In the time to come, we will be judging angels. The Bible calls angels ministering spirits. The Bible makes it look like angels are so superior than the presence of God and all of that. We are in the presence of God. We, we are in the presence of God. When the temple, the curtains of the temple parted into two. And the glory, the Sakana glory left the temple, the earthly temple, into the heavens. And Jesus ascended as a high priest. That, that Sakana glory, that presence, the presence that when after Moses built the tabernacle, he couldn't enter, he couldn't, he, he couldn't even come near. Oh, that kind of glory, the same with Solomon, after the temple, he built the temple, this one built the tabernacle. And the glory was so mighty that he could not even come near. So I built a temple. I built a temple. You could, the Bible says that the priests, all of them fell down. Their prayers were so heavy. That full presence of God is what our spirit is containing. Just think about it. How can the Christian just be walking around like a beggar? And just go to church just on Sunday and enjoy it. Go to church and... Be, you don't, you don't understand. There is too much joy in understanding. The Bible says that full of glory, joy unspeakable, full of glory. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. Is that not powerful? I can share these things with you till tomorrow morning. <laughs> Is that not true? I'm just trying to stir you up, wherever you are watching, or wherever you decide I want to watch this video, to stir you up to move beyond the nominal Christianity. See, the nominal Christian, those normal elementary teachings, elementary truths, and you not desiring to discover certain things, to find out things for yourself, to learn. I want to move you from there to where you, you, are just, you are just asleep in joy. You just wake up in joy. You are not now thinking, hey, I had a dream like this. I had, ah, what is it? Hey, dream, hey. It's like you are confused. You don't know where, what to happen in your life in the next three years. By this time, you are preparing yourself to push something big. Because that big thing is here. The house is greater, you see, that is in us. Than he that is in the world. There is greatness in us. The source of greatness is in us. Is that not powerful and strange? So it's important that Christians walk in spiritual understanding. It's important that the eyes of our understanding is enlightened. Our eyes are enlightened to know. That was Paul's prayer every time. To walk in truth. To walk in spiritual understanding. Jesus said, receive the Spirit. The Bible says that, and their eyes were opened. He opened their understanding to understand the Scriptures. If you want to pray, pray for spiritual understanding. Because there are truths that when you understand, all your prayer points will come to square zero. You just take all the problems you have and all the things and you look and say, you go out of my life. You, I call the new one to come. You, leave. You'll just be ordering things. You'll be a master of things. The centurion said, I'm a man under authority just as you are. He recognizes the authority of Jesus. It's when I say to this servant, go, he goes. 
You climb to that stage of understanding. When you say to something, it goes. You say you go, it goes. You say you come, it comes. So I call forth wealth. He says, okay, yes, sir. Things are just yes, sir, in you. Is that not true? Yes, sir. Oh, come on, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you are not experiencing some of these things now, begin now. Begin to learn. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Begin to learn. You don't, you don't start from class one and begin to solve a mathematical equation. Indices. Can you solve indices? No. From class one. Class one, where you are learning two plus two. It doesn't also mean that remain at class one. Because that particular subject is so big for you. No. It must provoke you to go higher. You want to get to DHS, not at two. You want to get to in the same way in the spirit. You train your spirit. You want to get get to SHS in the spirit. And and do masters in the spirit. <laughs> you you reach a point where the, when your name is even mentioned, all the witches begin to quake. Yeah. That, that name, that name, don't mention it here. They don't even mention it here. Your name. Hallelujah. There are so much associated Hallelujah. and known. Don't you know what the demon said? Mm. They told the sons of Skiba, they said, Jesus we know, and Paul we know. Mm. So that Paul had come to that point where he had, was so known in the spirit realm mm. and in the demonic realm that they knew Paul. Yes, sir. They didn't just say, Jesus we know because he's using Jesus' name. Paul is using Jesus. He said, Paul, we know. They knew Paul that he would cast them out. Hey. Two of us. Yes, sir. They that they, they, when they say, Brasami, too, we know. Hey. The, the demon says that Brasami, we know. It's a demon chaser. It's exercising authority. They say, Brasami, too, we know. Demons are recognizing you. Yes, sir. Because of how you dealt with them. Yes, Think about it. Yes, sir. So if the, the sons of Caesar just said, in the name of Paul, the demons will still run away. We are so scared of Jesus and Paul. And this is not true. Because of Paul's identification with Jesus. And because of his association. Paul had come to that point in his walk with the Lord Jesus. Where demons could see that this is Jesus coming. It was Paul coming. But they saw Jesus. Why? Christ was living in Paul. <laughs> it's a lot of powerful. So I'm getting there, I'm getting there. So I'm desiring, I'm desiring, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm growing. I'm not staying at one stage, I'm growing. Paul said, It is when for the time we ought to be teachers. He says, I fed you with milk. So you know, at the point people are in the milk, he fed them with milk. But at a particular point, you've moved beyond milk level. Yes, sir. If you're 18 years old, you are still feeding you with milk or breast milk. Would you that, that be shocking? Hey. They are Christians like they are 20 years, they are still on breast milk. Hey. In the spirit. When they even call, demons will just come and slap them for the cough. <laughs> so you, what force do you have? You are born again and be churchy, churchy, churchy. Is that not true? So let us wake up as church. The church of Jesus is a victorious church. Oh. The church of Jesus was raised after Jesus had dealt with sin. You can't, you can't say, I don't know why, I, I, I'm just struggling with sin. That is why grace is there. Is it like I, I, I say or I speak unto you, little children? Little, you are talking to little children. That when you see, if any man sin, just, I speak unto you, you do not sin, you must not sin. But if any one of you sin, it says we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous. Who are they talking to? Little children. Little children. Little children. Two years and three years. Or little children. They are struggling with pepper. Little children. Is that not true? Little children. You talk about young men. Just because these young men are strong. 
And the Holy Spirit says, the word of God abides in this young man. It says, and they have overcome. The young men are not struggling with sin. Oh. And saying that oh, it's great that is keeping us. One day, one day, great that is keeping us. What kind of thing is this? It's great that is getting you to do things. Grace is provoking you to do things. Grace is the divine abilities of God working through you at this particular time. You are doing things for the Lord. Some doing things for the Lord. They are now sitting down struggling with sin. Father, forgive me. Father, forgive me. He says that if you ask for forgiveness, you will forgive us our sins. And then we will. Those are for little children. The Lord of two. A mature person knows right from wrong. Yes, sir. This by reason of use, the Bible says. Hebrews chapter says to have their senses exercised to discern good from evil. They have mature. They know what is good and what is evil. They know when it's a demon that has placed this sickness or it is not a demon. They know. They know when it's because they didn't pay their tithes and this has come upon them. They know. So they just change it. They know when it's a demon that has caused this. Is that not true? They know, they know the distinguish between evil and good. They know it. Because they are exercising their senses. Oh, shout hallelujah to that. Hallelujah. Is that not awesome? So for the sake of some of you who are just wondering, before the foundation of the world, you can read Ephesians chapter 1, 2, Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 3. You can also read this Timothy we are just reading right now so that we can close. Is that not true? Second Timothy chapter 1, I think from verse 8, 9, and 10. This is a message I have to really teach. But we don't have time. Is that not true? That we've been so blessed by our ladies here. Is that not true? Taking us through some of these things. Taking us through. We are so blessed. We are learning to take over our world. We are not sitting down and writing prayer requests and waiting for incidences to happen and then we'll be calling men of God. Is that not true? We are being equipped by our man of God to take over. So we have set a time in some few years we must take over yes, when things happen in our homes we speak in tongues and we command them come out of this house when they say our children are at the point of them say no they cannot die because we have we have we have filled our spirits our mouth everywhere with so much life they are coming we can't do businesses and fail. No, sir. And you can't losses. No, sir. Will Jesus do business and fail? No, 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 no. How can those who are like Jesus do business and fail? Hey. The same force at work in Jesus that causes forces to multiply causes our business to, to multiply. We can't do business and incur losses. We are, our, our promise is not as a result of the economy of the world. It's as a result of the economy of heaven. At work through the Holy Ghost. When the Spirit of God touches your tomatoes, it will multiply. When you speak in tongues and you declare, he goes around and says, you get a customer suddenly to call this my son. By the, guy, by the time the guy wakes up, he takes his phone and calls you and buys all the things. Whether economy is good or bad, he doesn't care. The Holy Ghost doesn't care about economy. Is that not true? These are not spiritual gymnastics. These are thoughts birthed out of God's word. Do you understand? These are imaginations. These are speeches. What we are saying right now. They are all birthed out of our understanding of God's word. They are not, they are not, we are not imagining vain things. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? These are truths. Yes, sir. The scripture says you shall know the law. It says you shall know the truth. Mm. And the truth shall do what? Yes, Set you free. How much of God's truth do you know? Mm. How much of God's truth are you desiring? Yes, if you are desiring, follow us on World Changes Nations. Is that not true? Yes, sir. Your whole system will be provoked at once. Is that not true? Yes, sir. So Second Timothy, someone should just read it for us. Second Timothy chapter one, eight, nine, ten. I'll, I'll not explain that. I just want you to see it there. It's so powerful. Before the foundation of the world, you see it stated there. Is that true? Second Timothy chapter one, verse eight, nine, and ten. Are we there? I'm reading. Yes. Second okay, Timothy chapter one, verse eight, nine, and ten. Yes. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, yes. nor of me his prisoner. Yes. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, yes. who has saved us yes. and called us with an holy calling, yes. and according to the our works, but according to His own. Not according okay. to our works. Okay, let me take it again, sir. Who has saved us mm-hmm. and called us with an holy call, calling, not according to our works, mm-hmm. but according to His own purpose and grace. Hallelujah. Which was given us in Christ Jesus. Jesus. in Christ Jesus. Before. According to His own purpose and grace. Mm-hmm. Which was given us in Christ Jesus when? Before the world began. Before the world began. He says we are saved. We are called and saved according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before when the world, the world began. began. He's talking about before the world began, not today. Before the world began, why does it say us? Because before the world began, God had a new creation planned in Him. Yes, sir. Anyone that believes in Jesus is part of the new creation. Did you get what I said? That is just for you who is just struggling to find out why is this thing before the world began. He is talking about before the world began. You are are talking about after the world began. So you see the difference between the two of us. He is talking about before the world began. Go to Revelation chapter 3. So let's see that one. I will explain this one. I'll get the right time to explain it again on the glory of grace. Is that not true? But go to Ephesians chapter 3, reading from verse 1, 2, 3, 4. We cut something there. Ephesians chapter 3, reading from verse 1. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, mm-hmm. if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, mm-hmm. which is given me to you, Lord, mm-hmm. how that by salvation he made unto how that by revelation by revelation he made known unto me the mystery mm-hmm. as I wrote upon in few words, mm-hmm. whereby when you read when you read this is Paul speaking. This whereby he says it's made to the dispensation of grace. This is made to him by revelation. So that when you read his epistles, when you read his epistles, Paul's epistles, you may do what? Understand. Understand my knowledge. In the knowledge, he personalizes the knowledge. So you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Uh-huh. 
which is other ages was not which in other ages uh, was not made known unto the sons of men. In other ages was not made known to the sons of men. Is that not powerful? The knowledge that in other ages was not made known to the sons of men. Is that not strange? Continue. It is what? As it is now revealed unto now revealed uh, unto his holy apostles unto his holy apostles and prophets by the spirit by the spirit that the Gentiles should be that the Gentiles should be fellow heads fellow heads and the same body uh-huh. and partakers of his promise uh-huh. in Christ by the gospel. Oh, continue. This this alone is a teaching topic. Is that not true? Wherefore I was made a minister. A minister according to the gifts of the grace of God mm-hmm. given unto me by the effectual working of his power mm-hmm. unto me mm-hmm. whom am less than the least of all things mm-hmm. is this grace given mm-hmm. that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Hallelujah. Christ uh-huh. unsearchable riches of that's Christ that's what you are preaching now the unsearchable riches Hallelujah. of Christ Hallelujah. you are not preaching on Isaac are you preaching on Isaac no, and Rahel and no, all of that no, continue uh-huh. And to make all men see. And to make all men see. What is the fellowship of the mystery? What is the fellowship? To make all men see their participation in this mystery. Hallelujah. It says that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs mm-hmm. and of the same body and of their promise. But this is so powerful. When you talk about the same body, do you understand what he's saying? We will talk about that later on. <laughs> is that not true? We will talk about that later. If you talk about it today, we wouldn't close. Is that not true? We wouldn't close. When it says that of the we are partakers of the same of the same body, it's so powerful. Go to Ephesians chapter one, from verse eight, nine, ten, also, just for the viewers to know. What we are saying. If you are not following, if your Christianity, you are, you are a passive Christian, change today. Yes, sir. If you are what a passive Christian, Christian is inactive. Goes to church just to watch church, watch hours, watch time, then close. What will you do when something is going wrong? With that kind of attitude, what will you do when something is going wrong and it's still going wrong? And you are just standing there. What will you do? What can you do? Can you do something about what is going wrong in your life? Or are you waiting for one day, one day, when God has some kind of mercy, and then decides that, okay, I'll do something about what is going wrong? What if he never does anything? <laughs> can you blame him? <laughs> but should they say that those things remain the same? Should they remain? Should they be going wrong? No! These are, these are, these are, these are important things. Is that not true? Yeah. Read Ephesians chapter 1 also. Ephesians chapter 1. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wherein he has abounded towards us mm-hmm. all wisdom mm-hmm. and prudence, mm-hmm. having made unto us mm-hmm. the mystery of his will, mm-hmm. according to his good pleasure, mm-hmm. which he has purposed in himself, mm-hmm. that in the dispensation of the fullness of times mm-hmm. he might gather to ga- together. In the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together the dispensation of the completion of times. The time that God was waiting to do this thing had now happened, that has now arrived. Because of the dispensation of the fullness of times, 
God has pre-planned this before the world began. And has planned that in this particular this is what is going to happen. He calls it the dispensation of the completion of times. Do you understand what I'm saying? The dispensation of the completion of times. He calls it the dispensation of the fullness of times. Uh-huh. I'm speaking it again. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, an inheritance. being predestinated, being what? Predestinated. It, take that one again. It says, "In whom we have done what?" In whom also we have obtained an no, inheritance. We is silent. Say it again. In whom what? We have obtained. In whom we have. Who is the we? Who? Who? We are. No, 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 no. It is we, the church. We, you, you want it, you. We have obtained. Say, I have obtained an inheritance. I have been predestinated. So that we have obtained an inheritance being what predestinated. According to the purpose of God. According to the purpose of God. Predestinated according to the purpose of God. So nobody can change your destiny. No. So somebody has changed your destiny. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand? Hey, you have been paid. Hey, 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 being what? Uh-huh. According to the purpose of according to the purpose of him. So our predestination is according to his purpose. Can somebody trust God's purpose? How can they trust God? What is your what are you talking about? <laughs> so the Bible says that what are you really talking about? You are talking about something we don't see in this Bible. <laughs> According to the purpose of Him who worketh all things, who worketh all things, you see the workings of God. So God began it, started working this thing, brought for Jesus. Jesus continued from where God ended, continued the work, and now the Holy Ghost is continuing together with the church. What are we carrying out? God's predestined purpose. That is grace. So, so being predestined, predestinated God, according to the purpose of Him, who what? Who wanted all things after the counsel? After the counsel of His will. Yes. Who wanted all things? Who is doing the working? So you say grace is the outworkings. Is God working out? If I don't talk about the grace of God, I'm talking about God working out the outworkings of God based on the on His predestined purpose. Or God working out according to His predestined purpose after the counsel of His will. You know that is the grace of God. That is the grace of the Father. Working out this predestined purpose after His own counsel. Know that some people are advising him. He knows how to carry this purpose with his own out. That's what the spirit says. If the, the devil had known, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Had he known? Why? Because God 
working out things. Nobody knew. The devil couldn't know what God was working out. Just had he known, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So he didn't know. Nobody knew. Moses never knew. Abraham never knew. Abraham just saw a little bit of it. Some of the prophets Isaiah saw a little bit of it. The Bible even says in first letter, they were searching of what kind the spirit of Christ did signify. When he was talking about Christ, they were searching. The prophets, they didn't know when. They didn't know. Only God knew. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3 that he had been given the grace. Paul had been given the grace to reveal what nobody knew. And thank God we are in this time to know what Paul revealed. <laughs> Is that not true? Who yes, worked all things after what? The counsel of his the counsel of his purpose, mm. his own counsel. He himself making decisions mm. as to how to carry this thing out without the help of anyone. So when we talk about the grace of our Lord Jesus, because we are talking about when Jesus himself was born, to continue the carrying out of God's predestined purpose. To continue by consummating, by completing it. So Jesus consummated this predestined purpose once and for all. And was raised back to life as the firstborn from the dead. Why did he have to die and go through all the sin? Because he had to deal with the sin of the old man. The old man is the first at the Adamic, the first man, Adam, and his generation of sinners. By one man's disobedience, sin entered into the world. So Jesus had to deal with this first man's Adam and his generation. When he was dealing with that generation, there was no second Adam's generation. The second Adam was raised back. He is the called the first to be born out of death. The first begotten of the Father. Are these not powerful things? Working out all things after the counsel of his own will. We are in the destiny of God. We are in God. We are in Christ's destiny. We are. We, we, you can't take it away. Do you understand? So it's so powerful. It's so powerful. We can't go into all of these things. Else we end up being an all night here. Come on, shout glory. Read Ephesians chapter five. I just wanted to see of the same. When it comes of, we are of the same body. So the Christians don't know these things. It's so powerful. Christians, let me just read this one and we close with it. Come on, shout glory. Glory. Oh. So, when we say the Spirit of Grace, we are talking about the Holy Spirit. That's why she said the inner workings and the outworkings of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost doesn't work from, an, for, from a mountain, it doesn't work from a tree. Do you know what I'm saying? It doesn't work from a room. The Holy Ghost is not working from heaven. <laughs> I said, said the Holy Ghost is not our neighbor. Why do we know that the Holy Spirit has been given? He has been given. The Almighty Holy Ghost has been given to me. If this is the only thing you ever know as a Christian, your life will still be different. The Holy Ghost is working from your spirit. Now, so it's working within your spirit and it's working without your spirit. Without there is the King James English. That is not the English I say without. <laughs> that is working inside your spirit and working outside. That is working through you outside. 
When you show up in the funeral grounds, you are sold up with the Holy Ghost there. It's working within you and outside. When you show up in the hospital, you are working with you, and there with the, if you are a nurse, you are a doctor, you, you are a Christian, you are filled with the Spirit, you enter your hospital, you enter there with the Holy Ghost. You are a lecturer, you enter your lecture with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. You are a banker, you enter the bank with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. When you move from the bank into a platform, you are still with the Holy Ghost. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't change locations. This location is inside of you. Lord. Somebody says, how do I locate the Holy Ghost? Locating in me. Inside of me. Is that not strange? These are tools that we've been sharing. We've been sharing them. If Christians will know and take this thing serious, the world will be so small for us. And look at the 5, verse 25. Verse 25. Just that one and then. But you can get our messages. We, these are, we are just bringing tools out. Is that not true? I just said with you about my, my uh, health, health, uh, whatever else. Is that not true? I just said with you, if God doesn't share his blood with you. You can read, when you finish, you can read John chapter 2. For the sake of those who may not be watching us and may not have any Bible. John chapter 17. Someone just opened John chapter 17. Proverbs 22. You see it there. Just, just open it, but you read this one first. I just want you to see some of this is your side. It doesn't look like, I'm quite sure better not can't get any day. Is that not true? You are selling tools that are consistent with scriptures. Two of us. These are powerful tools. When you read your Bible and you see some of these things, you can't sleep. You wake up now, my sleep has been taken away from me just by this teaching. You just be walking around like somebody who doesn't know where to go to again. What do I say? Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 25. Read 29. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 29. To 30. Mm-hmm. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, mm-hmm. but nourishes and cherishes it, mm-hmm. even as the Lord the church. Even as the Lord the church. Verse 30. Look at this. For we are members of this body. The data will be followed as of the same body. It's so, it's so big. It's so what? It's so big. He says that for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. When he says we are members, he's talking about body parts. So we are body parts of Jesus, of his flesh. Your flesh is the flesh of Jesus. Your hand is the hand of Jesus. We, that is, that is, that, it has moved beyond the spirit. <laughs> so we are one with Christ spiritually. We are one with Christ bodily. It is of, we are members of his, of his body. Is that what it says? Of his very flesh. Of his bones. Your bone can have bone cancer. Your bone is the bone of Jesus. Do you know what he says? Yes, we are members. We are part of him. Oh. It says we being many are one bread. So Jesus is the bread. We are all inside that bread. We are wasted and we are different breads. <laughs> we don't have time. We will go into Corinthians and all that. We don't have that time now. We will say it later on. We will say it later on. We will say it later on. On this truth. But this is so important. Then it says for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife. And the two of them shall be one flesh. It is the two of them shall be two flesh together. No. The two flesh, when they come, they have become one flesh. 
inseparable. We can't distinguish it, they have become one flesh. Then he continues and says, This is a mystery. It's a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So Christ and the church are one flesh. You are not just one spirit, you are one flesh. The next time you show up with that, you say, That is Christ. Ah, that is why we must dress well. Yes, sir. We are Christ here, sir. We are all Christ here. Glory. If you are looking at my face, I look at the face of Christ yes, on this yes, earth. Praise God. Did I write this Bible here? Yes, they two shall be one flesh. What does it mean? This is English. What does it mean? It says one flesh. One flesh is one flesh. Unless you say, maybe you didn't say that. That's what he said. They, they said, this is a mystery. I speak concerning Christ. And the church. So the same way we say that the heaven and the world becomes one flesh. The same way Christ and the church be- has become one flesh. It says one flesh. Oh. It is a two fleshes or something. It says one. one. Think about it. That Jesus should be of the same, should be fellows and of the same body. So the same body you have, the same body of that body is the same of Jesus' own. He said, this is my body. Yes, it's Jesus also his body. It's the same body. We are all sharing the same body. Jesus is sharing our body with us. We are sharing his body with him. This body is ours and Jesus is. All together one. Imagine this truth. You can't even... In fact, sometimes it's like, this is beyond human imagination. But this is what the Bible says. Read John and we end with that one. So that somebody who doesn't have his Bible or a Bible or who is maybe watching me, he may even be a watching there, but he has not read that scripture. Maybe he end up reading it through or false. I'm just loving this whole discussion. Is that not true? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just read with this, read this, and then we are we close. John chapter 17, verse 22. See, I'm not an ordinary Christian. I'm not an ordinary person. I'm not a normal person. No, 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 I'm an extraordinary person. And the things I will do in this world, it will stop many. I have the ability to do them. They are all working in me. They are working through me. I'm a product of grace. I said on grace many years ago. I'll be starting on that. I've not left it behind. When I say that grace has not found us as who we are. Is it grace has found me just as I am? No! Grace has not found us just as we are. We are products of grace. Grace has made us who we are. Grace has made us children of God. It says you are of God, little children. So he didn't find us. Grace didn't come and find us. And we didn't, and grace came to find us. So it looks as though we are nobody and grace has found us. No, 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 no. no. Grace has made us. We are not nobodies. We are sons of the great king. We are royal priesthood. We are king priests. We are kings on this earth. We are priests. We are priests. We are children of God. We are sons of God. How can you tell us the grace has come and found me who I am? Where, who are you? Grace can't find somebody like you. Oh. Grace can make you. Grace can't find somebody. Grace has made you. 
Grace has made you a child of God. Grace has made you who you are. Grace has made you a Christian. The grace has, grace has made you one flesh with Christ, one body. Think about it. Grace has made you a temple of God. I'm a temple of God. I'm a habitation of God. That's simple, simple. Look at this too. This is English, so. I'm a habitation of God. Just think about the habitation of God. What does it mean? This is English. <laughs> That's why you must dress and look very good. Yes. Next time, don't present yourself pitiful. No. It's a, it's a shame to, to, to our kingdom. Hey, to the body and the flesh. And to the body and the flesh. <laughs> this is God's body. Hey. Come on, shout hallelujah. So read this and then we, are, we, are, we will close. Okay. If, we don't, if we don't close now, we can close tomorrow morning. Yes. <laughs> we have service tomorrow morning. Okay. Okay. Glory. Okay, so I read John chapter 17 verse 22. Mm-hmm. And the glory which thou hast given me, I have given them. And the glory which thou... That's verse what? 22. Just start from somewhere, late, maybe 20, so that 20. you can make some meaning. Yes, okay. it should direct from your heart. Okay, so John 17 verse 20. This is the Lord's prayer. This is what? The Lord's prayer. The Lord's prayer is not our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom. That's a model. This is the Lord, this is the Lord Jesus himself praying before his death. He was praying for the church. This is the prayer he made. Before he was requesting this from the Father. Think about it. Even though the Father had prayed for all of this, he still had to make the request here. <laughs> the power of prayer is that not true? So continue this word. Okay, verse 20. It says, Neither pray I for these alone, mm-hmm. but for them also which shall believe. Which shall believe. He's talking about us. He yes, was praying for the disciples. He says, Neither pray for only these disciples here, but all those who will believe. Yes, Are we not here today? Yes, now continue. Also, we shall believe on me through uh-huh. their word, mm-hmm. that they all may be one. That they all may be one. Uh-huh. As though, as, the, as though, as thou Father mm-hmm. art in me, as thou Father art in me, uh-huh. and I in thee, and I in thee. <laughs> Look at it, thou Father art in me, and I in thee. That's the oneness. Okay. Inseparable oneness. Then he says that what? That they. Also may be that they us. also may be one in us. In, in what? In us. In us. So now it is Father in me, I in the Father, praise in us. Hey. As I say, you can't mention Trinity without us. You know what it's saying here? Continue. You can go and read it yourself, but continue. That the world may believe that. That the world may believe that you have sent me. Because of what they will be doing. The world will just say, We have work to do, sir. We have work to do. Continue. This word. And the glory which thou givest me. And the glory which thou givest me. I have given them. I have given them. I have done what? I have given them. Am I the one who said, Who wrote this book here? I just want you to see it there. That Jesus said that the glory that the Father gave to him is given to us. So if you say God doesn't say his glory with anyone, where are you reading? Which Bible are you reading? <laughs> no, even, even a pastor, maybe you may have the largest church in the world. If you make such a statement, say, what Bible are you the largest in the what Bible are you reading? <laughs> you know what he said? Yes, then he said he added what? That they may be one. Mm-hmm. Leave it as we are one. That they may be one. Even as we are one. 
We are one. Uh huh. I in them. I in which people? In them. In them. Uh huh. And thou in me. And you in me. I just got it around like this. Can we close with this one? Can we close with this? You don't think that you end tomorrow morning or maybe end on Sunday. And this was a good news for a holy day. An independence day. This is a good news for an independence day. Instead of staying on the stadium somewhere and watching people matching, this is this is what to watch. <laughs> Come on, shout glory! I hope you've been blessed. Can we just pray in the Holy Ghost? Can we just pray in the Holy Ghost? Mango shata kapawakata. Oh, toporondos eteliki palakataya. Abali toko protoko se pratikataya. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Mande lego shondo kologos. Mango rotoko poloko kosa telebeya. Mante kofarite kokolongo sataya. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your words. Thank you for the spirit of understanding. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom. Oh, Maragabahasa. Eliga shate lego shata. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We pray for all viewers in the name of the Lord Jesus. We bless you with wisdom. We bless you with understanding. We bless you with insight. We bless you with the revelation of the knowledge of Christ. In the name of Jesus. That the grace of God will be at work in and through you. And open your eyes to understand who you are in Him. And causing you to be an effective Christian. In the name of the Lord Jesus. We pray for you. By the power of the Holy Ghost. That you stand strong in the faith. In the name of Jesus. Walking in love. See the mighty hand of God. That your fellowship with the Spirit will be stirred. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That you walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. That you be fruitful unto every good work. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So I also once again want to say a big God bless you. Thank you very much to Sister Steph, Sister Jemima, Sister Phyllis, and our very own Sister Ade. <laughs> thank you very much for joining us. And thank you very much for your various contributions. We have been blessed. We have been touched. And all that. We, we just love you for that. And we know that you've also been blessed watching us. Like I said earlier, if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on YouTube. If you want to join us in church, you can also join us in church. And you can just call the numbers there on the pages. We'll just show you direction uh, to Adenta where we, we fellowship every Wednesday and every Sunday in the morning. Do well to join us. Your life will never remain the same again. Friday we have our 90 minutes with the Holy Spirit. Don't miss out. And your life, your life will never remain the same again. Thank you very much for joining us. We love you so much. Make sure go to YouTube, Christ World Television, Facebook where you are, World Changers Nation, 
and watch the messages build yourself up. The scripture says that your profiting will appear unto all when you are built up. Everybody will just see you shining everywhere. Everything you do just produce success. It will be, it will be productive. You see, and all that. This is a year of ever increasing grace. And you would experience increased productivity and great accomplishments through the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, it's not by mind. It's not by power. It's by my spirit. Said the Lord. Thank you very much for joining us, and we love you so much. And join us again for our next Ramadan, which will be soon. God bless you, and we love you. Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. Be doers of the word. So, the Christian is a doer of the word. The Christian is the word. Practitioner, the Christian is an actor of the word. We we live by acting on the word. We see changes by acting on the word. We see victories by acting on the word. When you put the word of God to work, you will see results. But you see, you cannot put the word of God that you don't know to work. So when you are faced with challenges, what will you put to work? Will you cry on God or you put His word to work? The word of God is equal with God. Understand that. The word of God is equal to when you have the word of God and you are putting it to work. It means that you are putting God to work. You are activating the power of God. You are activating the operations of God. When you put the word of God to work, you are putting God to work. Watch Pastor Prince on YouTube. High School Television. Also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The World Changes Nation. Like and subscribe to our pages to receive all notifications. You are blessed. Just so that the word is a seed. Did he say it's a seed? So it says the sower went to sow the seed. That seed is the word of God. But when you put a seed on the table, would it germinate and produce results? No. Come on. Putting your seed on the table is likened to putting your Bible on the table and saying it to work because God has said it. So when a farmer takes a seed and puts it on his table and says, by, I'm expecting a harvest in three months' time, will there be a harvest? Come on. But does it mean the seed does not have power? Does it mean the seed does not have power? Does it mean that the seed does not have the fruit within it? Does it mean that the seed cannot germinate and produce? It can. But you see, the germination of the seed is dependent on the soil. The what? The germination of the seed is dependent on the soil. So when in the conditions, so when the seed is planted on the table, it will not work. When the seed is thrown on the floor, it will not work. But it is a seed. The seed is expecting good conditions. Without the good conditions, that seed will be a useless seed. Even though that seed has within it what it takes to germinate and produce fruit. Come on, is that true or false? Amen. That's why I say the word of God that you do not hear, you do not know, you do not believe, cannot benefit. Watch Pastor Prince on YouTube, High School Television. Also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the World Changes Nation. Like and subscribe.